Good morning. Again, my name is Kevin Taylor, and uh, I love uh, the little intro video we just saw where it says, uh, when God says, when gather, grow, and go, he wasn't speaking to a building. He was speaking to people. And, and just what an incredible opportunity we have. We are the church. that We get to be the church. And uh, that's what we're here to talk about uh, for the next few weeks. This is... This is uh, week one of our series, Be the Church, and, and uh, uh, again, as I said, three weeks of messages and a week out in the community, and, and today we're talking about uh, gathering, and uh, if, if you were with us last week, it was it was definitely different because we were winding up uh, better together, and we lost power, and um, you know, especially Pastor Phil's message being live-streamed, and, and the band up here with all the power and the lights and stuff like we have now, and and uh, we wind up with such a stripped-down version. We're taking the curtains down off the windows and let some light in. The band playing acoustic. Me wind up speaking, standing down here without uh, any amplification or whatever. And uh, it reminded me so much of, you know, if we're talking about being the church. And back in the days of the first church, or in, even in some of the countries now where they're having to meet in secret, but just a stripped-down version of we are together to worship God. And what a great reminder that was, that it's not about, the technology is awesome and we're happy to have it. And uh, and I just know that God shows up uh, when we meet. And and so anyway, thank you so much for being here as we start this off. Again, this is Be The Church, and today we're, we're talking about gathering. And uh, I want to start off reading this uh, this first uh, uh, scripture that's on the top of your, uh, your outline there. This is John 13, 15 through 17. It says, I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So Jesus is telling us here, he said, we, he has set an example. He has set an example of what we need to do. All throughout the Bible, he knew we needed teaching and instructions, and, and he gave them to us. He, he gathered with multitudes. Um, we're talking about gathering. He gathered with multitudes. He gathered with a smaller group, his 12 disciples. He gathered with a couple that were closest to him. And he gathered uh, sometimes just one-on-one -on -one with somebody else. But he knew and showed us the value of being with others to worship and to, and to teach and to learn. <laughs> Going back to the verse I just read, I, I, I'd love to see y'all circle example in the first part of the sentence and do them at the very end of the sentence. Example and do them. Uh, I had a car wreck. This has been over 20 years ago now, I guess. I think I was still recovering from it when I met Anne-Marie. Um, I had a car wreck. It was, it was doing some therapy and, and, and had a little bit of work done on my back, nothing major, but it was just kind of one of those... 18-wheeler ran a red light. We collided. It just kind of jarred me really bad. And I was seeing somebody to get some help from my back. And they do what most of them do. They come up with, okay, here's our plan. You know, you're going to do this, 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 and this. And it's hopefully going to progress to get better. And after a while, it still wasn't getting a lot better. And I was talking with a lady at church that was also in the medical field. She was in physical therapy. And she's like, you know, so how's your back doing? Is it progressing along? I said, well, it just... It doesn't seem to be getting that much better or it's going very slow. And she said, well, are you doing the things that your physical therapist 
asked you to do. I was like, well, no. No, I'm not doing all that. So it was kind of a to-die moment, right? This is, what, this is how Jesus is talking to us. This is saying, hey, I set an example. I put it in the Bible. It's right here for you. If you do these things, what does it say at the end of this? You'll be blessed if you do these things. I was an idiot. We can all be idiots at times, right? We've got the handbook right here. Here's what you're supposed to do. You do it, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you won't. Well, I drug out the healing on my back way longer than I needed to do because I was a hard-headed guy, right? I, I wasn't going to take the time or make the time or, or do it their way. I had to do my way, and we learn. We learn. I like to think that I'm smarter now than I was 20 years ago, and I'm hoping that I live another 20 years so I can be smarter than I am right now, you know? We have to learn. So, anyway, Jesus says it... it, it, it Reminded me so much of that time because it's, it's funny how things work if we do what the teacher teaches us. The teacher's taught us. Jesus set the example and said we would be blessed if we do these things. So why gather? Why gather? Number one, to worship. To worship. I know that sounds too simplistic, but think for a minute about why we are here and who we are here to worship. There's a God in heaven that created all that we see, that knows us by name, that cares that we're okay, that sent His Son for our salvation and forgiveness of sins, that sent us instruction for how to live, that prepared a place for us in heaven if we would just say yes and profess from our mouth. It says in Romans, if we, if we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, profess Him as our Savior with our mouth, we are saved. That a God that wants good for us is not evil. That says He will be with us. That is worthy of our worship. And although I know we can worship it on our own, God has shown us the value of being better together. We just did a whole series on it. That we are better together. So why do we, why do we gather? We gather to worship. We're worshiping the God that we're here about today. So, look at Matthew 18, 20. It says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. God is here with us right now this morning. He's in this room with us right now. We are here in His name. And He says He'll be here with us. You've heard, you've heard me talk about the Acts prayer. I've always liked it because it reminds me to, to keep up with the adoration because so many times we get to pray uh, for something and, and forget to say, God, thank you for just being God. But the Acts prayer is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. We're here for adoration. We're here for adoration. We're gathered just to acknowledge God, His love, all He's done for us. We love Him. We're thankful for all He's done for us. And we want to worship with others while we're in His presence. To simply acknowledge that He is God. Check out 1 Chronicles 16. This is 23 through 25. It says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim His salvation day after day. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. We also gather to sing to the Lord. It says it right here. To raise our voices to the Lord. This is it's a natural thing. To celebrate 
our God by singing. Celebrate God. I don't care if you can sing well or not. And my wife going, mm. <laughs> she doesn't like her voice. But you know what? Somehow I feel like all that gets like uh, fixed on the way to God, right? Because all he hears is our praises. He's just hearing us praising him. I don't care if you got the worst voice in the room, sing louder than everybody else. Just raise your voice to God. And never a thing that it says in here. Okay, those of you that sing in tune, y'all please worship God with song. The rest of you guys just sit there and do chants or something. No, it doesn't say that. Raise your voice to God. Praise God. Singing is a great form of worship. Songs help us connect. They reach into our, our inner being and, and and it just makes us engage in true, truly in worship. And and songs tend to help us remember verses of biblical teaching as well. It's, you, know, you probably can't remember something that was said to you an hour ago, but I guarantee you, you can sing the lyrics of the number one song the year you graduate. You know? Songs, they stay in us like that. They just they get in us and they won't go out. And singing to God, singing to hymns, the songs that come, it's just a beautiful thing. And, and music is powerful. God knows that. And that's why he refers to us in that. It says, sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. A great form of worship. Now let's look at Psalm 95.6. We're talking about why do we gather, right? We're talking about worshiping. It says, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Bowing down or kneeling before God in church is a form of worship. Uh, we have the opportunity to say we humble ourselves to God. We just want, we want to kneel in front of you, God. He deserves our worship. He deserves our humility. We can, we can say we understand it's not about us. We can say we know that we don't know it all. We can acknowledge that by kneeling before God. We say, you know what? You're God. I'm not. I don't know it all. I want to kneel before you. It's our way of showing God that we submit to Him as God. That we want to fully commit our lives to Him. To give up on me being Lord of my life and giving my life to God. To say, I need you. And to say, I kneel before you in worship. What a great form of worship, to kneel before God. So, number two. Why are we gathered? To inspire. To inspire is number two. You know, meeting together with those of like mind is inspirational. When we, when we gather, there are so many positive things that come from it. When we gather together, we know we are among fellow believers. Uh, we may get a hug or a smile when we need it. We may get a word uh, in the sermon that speaks to us where we are in our walk. Uh, we may have somebody that's praying for us. Uh, we may make a commitment based on something that was laid on our heart while, while we were gathered together worshiping. And we may feel like we're at a, a pep rally, a, a singing songs, praising God, and, and just to lift us up and, and get us ready for the week ahead. And somehow, it may be different for all of us how we engage in that, but we are inspired when we're gathered. And, you know, being a typical guy, a lot of times when I'm looking for inspirational stuff, I revert back to, like, sports stuff. You know, it's all the sports movies or, or you know, uh, go team. And, and, but I think about, about, about a story I, I read uh, talking about Bear Bryant. For those of you who don't know, he was a, he was a coach at the uh, University of Alabama, one of the winningest, most respected coaches ever, and, and uh, a lot of stuff written about him just in how he could get the most out of people. How can he, he can inspire in the movie? They say, you know, he was so good that he could beat you with his team, and then y'all could swap teams. You could give him yours, and he would beat you with your team. <laughs> that's just 
how good that guy was because it wasn't necessarily about the talent that was standing in front of him. It was about how to motivate that talent to do what needed to be done. And I feel like that a lot of times whenever we have church services on Sunday mornings or whether we have a home group or whether we have a night of worship or whatever we have, that these are not only worshiping God, but they're also inspiring us for the week ahead. For what's coming up, to get ourselves juiced up, to get to get the pep rally in us. For God has a plan for us, of what He wants us to do, and let's get let's be inspired into it. Let's not do it like Eeyore. Let's be inspired into it, right? Somehow, all of us are different in how we receive that and what inspires us. But God can inspire all of us, and, and I just know that I leave here feeling like my team is going to win. When I come to church, I know my team is going to win. Hebrews 10, 24-25 And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging, encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Every time I hear that word, spur one another on, I love that choice of words because it, it's so descriptive in what we were supposed to be doing. It, it, it sounds so encouraging that I push you and you push me. Not in a mean way. We're pushing each other towards victory. And, and, and that's a good, a good type of push. And, and that's why we're encouraged not to give up meeting together. It says don't give up meeting together. It says be encouraged. Get together. That's what's going to be inspiring is when you meet together and you push each other toward great things. We don't have to be here, but we want to be here. Nobody's making us come. We want to be here. We got up and came. How incredible it is to think about the fact that God has given us this opportunity on this earth to do His will. And I just love it so much that we have that chance, but also that we have that chance to bring more in, to do that with us. And if you... If you <laughs> If you see me pressing on, excuse me, if I see you pressing toward what God wants you to do, I'm going to be your biggest fan. And when you see me pressing toward what God wants me to do, I want you to be my biggest fan. That's what we can be for each other. That being here, meeting together with your brothers and sisters to provide a push when needed, to encourage each other and continue to continue to meet, this is all needed. This was recognized thousands of years ago. These words that we're reading, they were written thousands of years ago. And, but God knew then that they needed it. God knows that we need it now. Number three, why gather? To learn and teach. To learn and teach. Learning or teaching are two things that should uh, never stop. It doesn't matter your age. You know, I remember as a kid thinking, okay, when I get done with school, I'm done learning. No. God always uh, intends for us to continue to grow. Um, he, he addresses us in the Bible. We all have things that we still need to learn, and we all have something that we know well enough to teach others. I, I can't tell you the amount of time that uh, amount of times that I've been asked to sit down with an individual or a couple or a family to help them through uh, a situation or a crisis, only to walk away with more wisdom than when I sat down to begin with, because you learn in the process and. Uh, I taught them, they taught me, and and I feel like it's the same here. When we gather, when we gather to worship God, there's messages on Sunday morning, there's Bible reading, there's home group during the week, there's reading plans, there's
prayers and regular interaction uh, with my brothers and sisters in Christ. This teaches me and allows me to teach others. All these teach and all these provide opportunities to reach others. God meant it this way. God absolutely meant it this way. Check out Colossians 3.16. It says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So get this. God wants His message to dwell in us. Not just be heard by it. He wants us to dwell. It wants, he wants it to dwell in us. We have to have it to teach it. I talk about this way too often. I think I said it last week. You can't dish out water out of a bucket that you haven't filled to begin with. We have to fill our bucket so that we can give it to others. We have to have it to teach it. So that's part of gathering is learning so that we can teach. So we must open to learning, open our minds to learning. And God, and God speaks of wisdom in the Bible. And He speaks of knowledge. And He speaks of them separately. I dwell on this a lot in my life because I love that, that there's a difference between knowledge and, and wisdom. And I remember when I was younger, I, I, I started thinking about this right off the bat. And I was sitting there talking with family about it. And we were sitting there saying, you know, let's come up with an analogy to figure out the difference in the two or whatever. And, I was, and we were saying, you know what? We just cooked on that stove right there. Knowledge is that that burner is hot. Wisdom is not putting my hand on it. Right? God can teach us a lot of things, but we have to accept it. We have to accept it in our hearts and be smart enough to implement what He's taught us to live our lives. That's going back to the very first thing that we read is, hey, do what I tell you. It's been laid out here for us. That's the wisdom. That's the wisdom, and that's why the wisdom is stronger than the knowledge. He says we can get this wisdom by listening to the message of Christ and by singing with gratitude in our hearts. And I read that part over again whenever I read this verse. I was like, I can get wisdom by singing with gratitude? And it makes so much difference when you think about it that way. When you think about the fact, I need to have gratitude in my heart whenever I approach worship. I need to have gratitude in my heart because that, that's going to make me receptive to this. I need, I need to have gratitude. But my day might not have been perfect. My week might not have been perfect. Might have been the worst I had. But Jesus Christ has got me on this earth here to do something. And I'm going to find a way to have gratitude in my heart. And I'm going to sing that to God. And I'm going to find a way to receive the wisdom that He's wanting to give me for how to live my life and how to reach to others. When I read it again, we need gratitude to be able to accept teaching and correction. To be grateful, God is giving us the opportunities to grow in His Word and share it with others as we gather. So number four, to be invitational. We gather to be invitational. The Bible says, how can we have this light? How can we have Jesus Christ in us? How can we have that and hide it from others? We are to be invitational. We gather, and us gathering, whether in home group or Sunday services, is God giving us the opportunity to introduce others to Him. We are charged with reaching our neighbor. Our mission statement over here is helping people find their way back to God. And maybe people who have never met Jesus Christ before, and we're introducing Him to them. It might be somebody who has drifted away from Jesus kind of going their own route. He's a, and, and we would love to have them join us to help reconnect them with God and live the life that Jesus is saying in here, that I have given you instructions for. 
whether someone has not given their heart fully to Jesus or not, we just want them in here, worshiping with us, right? Home group, Sunday church services, prayer time, whatever we can do. Our job is to be invitational, to take this light that Jesus has given us and share it with others. Our gathering can be a great point of invitation, of invitation to reconnect the disconnected. Check out Matthew 28. This is 19 through 20. And you've heard this one a hundred times, but you're going to hear it a hundred more because I, I want to talk about it. This is, this is the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And again, we've all heard this a lot before. This is a great commission. We go, we talk about it a lot for outreach. But we usually only talk about it in terms of reaching out to others. But notice this, and, and this is the thing I love about the Bible. You can read it a thousand times, it's just going to reveal something new to you each time. But notice, it does not just say reach. It says make disciples and teach. Make disciples and teach. Discipleship takes time. It takes gathering with other Christians. And if teaching is to be done, you have to have students and teachers. So we gather, we gather to teach, we gather to disciple. And when we have taught and discipled, guess what? We have another disciple to go and make disciples. That's the way this works. This is what Jesus has given us. And finally, number five, to serve. We gather to serve. Jesus served. He, he set a great example for us uh, of what we are to be to others. He taught us the value of serving within our group, in our community, and throughout the world. Serving is the next step. You know, we, we talk a lot about next steps. Whether I, you know, Everybody's in different places in a walk. Have you fully received Jesus Christ as your Savior? If not salvation, be your next step. Baptism, uh, going on an outreach trip, uh, serving others uh, inside the church, outside the church. Uh, Sometimes we don't even realize the value of our service. You, know, you can't do it. I, I, the reason we try and constantly thank people who are serving right here on like Sunday mornings. Uh, to allow families to come in here and have a meaningful, engaging uh, day of worship, morning of worship. You don't realize what all is being done behind the scenes. And it's so valuable. And, and we're grateful. Uh, outside of the church, when we serve in the community, around the world, when we go to other countries and, and share in them. We are, we are following the Great Commission, and we're doing it in so many ways. Uh, it's incredible to understand that there's something that seems small to some people is huge. The very, the very fact we're here engaging now is because people have served and made this happen for us to be able to do it. So service, uh, service is something we're all built to do. It just depends on what, what way you feel God is leading you to go at the moment. In, inside the church, outside the church, uh, and it can be so relational. You can build so many relationships with serving. Um, but it's all for one goal, one purpose. And that is helping, again, helping people connect with God. That's what service is about. It's, it's uh, us getting to worship and doing what needs to be done to serve others. Because that's what Jesus taught us to do. Check out this verse. 1 Peter 4, 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So we all have a gift. Everybody be like, I don't know how to do anything. I don't have a talent. I don't have a gift. No. 
I don't think God would have wasted his time like that, right? You're here. God put you here. Everybody has something. Everybody has something. We all have the ability to learn. Uh, the amount of times I know you, you sometimes you say, you know, I don't want to have to learn a new thing. No. We all have the ability to learn. We all have some type of gift. And God has given you something. He just asked that we be grateful and faithful in using that gift to serve others. You may be shy about it or not even recognize it, but then, but you know, then again, uh, that's why we're better together. We're here to help each other. One one person's gift might complement another's weakness, and to spur each other on toward what uh, God wants us to do, which is further His kingdom on this earth. And God is just asking us to be faithful stewards of what He has given us. He reminds us that how can we ask more if we won't take care of what we got? He has given us a gift. He has asked us to be faithful stewards of it, of it so that He can bless, bless us with more. And being a good steward using the gifts we have received to serve others, what a great opportunity. The God, has, God has entrusted us with that. And, uh, I want to read this last verse. This is not on your outline. It's going to be up on the screen. You can read it or you can just listen. But um, this is a little bit of summing up. Uh, what we're talking about today and what it means for us to gather here at church together and in home groups and uh, throughout the week. This is Acts 2, 42-47. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe of the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers together... Excuse me. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the, their number daily those who were being saved. So why Gavin? Fellowship. Fellowship with each other. Breaking of bread. Some incredible things have been happened, talked through, worked out, uh, loved on each other over a meal. Prayer. We're meant to pray for each other. Believers gathering. And I know that's put in here as believers gathering because there's plenty of times where we need to gather with non-believers as well. That way we have the opportunity to share with them. But we also need believer, believers gathering so that we can spur each other on toward good works. Meeting at the temple and meeting in homes with uh, glad and sincere hearts. That's what it's talking about. Home group, church services, uh, praising God. Just to simply come in and praise God. And due to all these things, due to all these things, people were being saved. They were saying, I want to I want to experience this. I want to know who this is. I want to know about Jesus. I want to understand this. I want that salvation that comes with that. Tell me about it. And people were being saved. So in closing, I just want to say this. Our gathering for worship and for inspiration to learn, to teach, to be invitational and to serve. Overall, just helping people find their way back to God. This is vital. So we're talking about gather, grow, and go. We're gathering to worship God. To send His Son, Jesus, that is the reason this church is here. 
we're, we're saying thank you. We love you. Thank you. We want to worship you. We want to sing our praises. We want to continue to learn. We want that wisdom that you mentioned. So thank you all so much for being here to worship. This is what God intended us to do. So y'all bow your heads with me, please. Lord, thank you so much just for the opportunity to be here. Let us never take that for granted. That you are teaching us what we need to, to know for our own personal growth, for that to be able to share with others, for understanding that we are not perfect. That we need correction, that we need to grow. Lord, we're excited to be here with our fellow, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And just as excited that we get to go out and share that news with others that we come in contact with. So thank you for those opportunities as we continue to gather to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.